Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivianttracy.com and it's sextalk, S-E-X-T-O-K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website. Listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi, Tracy. How are you? <laughs> right. I'm looking at your holiday from afar very enviously. Except oh. it's not far before, long before we go, but I've just decided, I've just looked at my schedule and thought, oh my God, I'm going to this big, massive Jewish wedding, which I can't wait to go to because I've never been to a Jewish wedding. The two days before we're meant to fly to Greece. And I'm thinking, aren't like big events like that just a breeding ground for COVID? I'm probably just going to get COVID and not be able to go. You should definitely bring a mask. Are you going to bring a mask? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mask, no touching, no kissing, no anything. Well, maybe it'll be outdoors. Um, I think the, the ceremony's outside, but I don't think the reception is. Anyway, well, I don't know. Go hey, hopefully people will be vaxxed. And I can't believe, by the way, you haven't been to a Jewish wedding. I've had two Jewish weddings of my own. Not to mention the millions I've gone to as a guest. <laughs> and I've, well, I'm not Jewish. And also I've got two Jewish friends, but they're older and they're both already married. So, so yeah, no, this is one of those, um, it's one of them. It's one of, it's her son that we're going to. So it's going to be really great. But then loads of young people, right? Yeah. Of- oh, interesting. Well, I don't know. Good luck. Keep me posted. And, you know, don't be surprised if they start lifting people up in chairs. That's supposed to happen. <laughs> okay. I'll see you guys <laughs> okay, so we have three interesting questions per usual today. This is show 20, which is insane. How have we done 20 shows already, Tracy? Oh my gosh. Okay, question number one. I am a middle-aged man, married, in good health. My question is, how can I last longer during intercourse? A typical session lasts only a matter of three or four minutes. Are there any exercises or techniques that I can use to gain more self-control? I've tried... <laughs> I've tried things such as masturbating in advance to lessen the desire, extending masturbation to longer durations to better understand my response and ways to manage it, as well as doing kegels. It's something I've struggled with all my life. I might might add here that that Zippy is whispering certain words because there are little ears very close by. So we're having to... (laughs) I'm really sorry. My kids, they are wearing headphones, but they they are in proximity. So I'm just like a couple words I'm not saying out loud, but you know. (laughs) Now, Zibi will know about this, but we get loads of questions on how men can last longer from lots of men and from women as well. Now, the official term is, of course, premature ejaculation. And it's estimated that 30% of men suffer from it. Now, it can happen to anyone 
can happen to whether you're old, whether you're young. It doesn't depend on how much sex you've had or how much experience you've had because they are all those sort of myths out there. And it affects people within varying degrees. Like some guys who suffer from premature ejaculation will find that they'll orgasm and ejaculate within under a minute, like of sexual stimulation. So that's not very long at all. A lot of people, some people will think that they've got premature ejaculation if they do that under four or five minutes. Now, and that's what the guy writing in said. And in fact, I, I don't, I mean, the subjective thing is that premature ejaculation is if it's, if you think it's not lasting long enough, then it's a problem. Okay. But just to be clear here, two to five minutes is the norm for people, you know, for men lasting during intercourse. So I would argue that the guy who wrote in certainly doesn't fall under this banner at all. But, you know, if you want to last longer, you want to last longer. So now, there's been a big rethink about this over the years. The old advice that used to apply was that guys would be told to do the stop and start method or the squeeze method. Have you heard of those, Abby, or not? I have not. I have not heard of this. <laughs> I was literally, though, thinking as you were saying this, I was like, that doesn't sound premature, does it? I mean, I don't know. This poor guy, this poor guy is like beating himself up, yes. you know? Yeah, I, I just feel bad. I mean, the things that people sort of self-flagellate themselves over. But anyway, go on. Porn, because people look at porn and they last for hours and they think that must be the norm. It's not the norm at all. So the old advice would be what you do is you, the stop and start method was that they'd say to guys, right, you start having sex with your partner. The minute you start to feel too aroused, you stop everything. You literally just lie there as still as you possibly can be. And then you recommence when you feel more in control. Yes, exactly. Needless to say, that wasn't a very popular method for either party. <laughs> it didn't work very well. I feel like I'd be worried they'd like had a heart attack or something. I mean, that's like, that's frightening. It's frightening. Well, that's hopefully that they, they told their partner beforehand. The other method is a squeeze method. So same thing, when you're getting highly you were meant to put your thumb on the frenulum, your first and second finger on the other side of the head of the penis and squeeze hard for about 15 to 20 seconds. Had fair, it was probably had more success than the other one, but it, again, it was quite unsatisfying and didn't really work. So we sort of thrown those out now. There's been tons of new research done on this. And one of the main researchers has been Ian Kerner. I don't even know him. He's a fantastic guy. I used to do the Today Show with him, actually. He's a US sex therapist and he's written She Comes First. Ironically, <laughs> ironically, because he suffered from PE, right? So it wasn't the case that that was happening. Now, he's done some terrific research and he's proved, him and, and other people, of course, he's proved that actually premature ejaculation doesn't improve with age, as we always thought it did. It has nothing to do with your masturbation habits because that was another theory. It was kind of like, okay, when you're young and you're a teenager and you're masturbating, you're generally doing it pretty fast because you don't want to get caught, right? So does this then lead to people, you know, coming way too soon? Doesn't appear to have anything to do with it. And the reason why men struggle with it, as this gentleman has, and, you know, it doesn't seem to be getting better as you're getting on, is because it's actually incurable. It's manageable, but it's incurable. Turns out that it's a genetic... I always hate to hear when things are incurable. That just always sounds so bad, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like... but it's manageable. Okay. All right. I think what it does, though, I think it's quite so. It's a genetic thing, and it turns out that people who suffer from PE have a brain chemistry that predisposes themselves to orgasming too fast. So I think it's kind of nice because there's so many myths out there. It's like, oh, you must have a small penis. Oh, it must mean that you know, you you haven't you know you've masturbated wrong. You've taught yourself this, or it's all in the head. Or so it's quite nice. 
it's in a way it's quite relaxing to find out that actually you can learn to manage it but it's not your fault there's nothing that you're doing wrong so I know the word incurable we should have used something else maybe. no no it's fine I, I thought that men were supposed to like imagine Margaret Thatcher or something like that well they are they were and that was the other thing it was if, if you if you count backwards from 100 if you you know think about somebody in big pants if you you know yeah think about Margaret Thatcher listen lots of men used to fancy Margaret Thatcher I was reading it okay so <laughs> Anyway, all these things don't work. What does work are, it's a thing called edging or peaking, and it is what the guy refers to in the original question. So what edging or peaking is, is knowing your scale of arousal so well that you know the point when it's just all going to get horribly out of control. So say one out of 10, one is not aroused at all, and 10 is lift off, right? Some guys can get to maybe five, and that's even too much. They'll just go straight from five to 10 in a second. Other guys can hover around eight and they know that so long as they stay around this level, they are in control, okay? So what most men do to teach themselves this is they do it during masturbation. So it'll, you know, it takes ages. You go keep masturbating and you try and figure out, right, where am I now? Am I about three? Am I about seven? And then you try and figure out what your point of no return is. She's shaking her head. I just can't imagine men doing this, but... You do this and I have... Okay, okay. But I do because it's a big thing for men. You've got to remember this. They find it really embarrassing and I used to have an, an app actually called the stamina app and it would work in conjunction with some of the toys that I had and it was incredibly popular and now Apple's updated itself and the app hasn't updated and it's it's the anyway I don't have the finance to look to at you an app wow <laughs> but it's annoying <laughs> it's really popular and now I can't, anyway I can't so if you get the app everybody but yes men do do this they are keen on doing this so it's edging or peaking there's a guide on my website and if you just type in edging or peaking there's tons of information on how to do it now the other thing that really works is medication now if you take SSRIs in other words antidepressants like Paxil one of the side effects is that it delays ejaculation and it really does like if you take an SSRI just before sex it will it can make men with PE last up to four or five times last longer that's a that's a big improve now Ian Kerner actually took some Paxil and found it was really successful but of course you have to you know I mean maybe if you're depressed it's a, it's a good thing but you obviously have to yeah. your doctor about this it's quite an extreme thing but what can happen is if you are an extreme sufferer, it can give you confidence. It can give you time to build sex skills and things like this. So it, it's not a bad solution. Focus on your oral sex skills is some other very good advice because if you if you don't rely on intercourse to give you know your partner an orgasm and you rely on great oral sex skills, then you know it's not going to be so much of a problem. And as anyone who listens to this show knows, only twenty five percent of women get their orgasms through penetration anyway. This is a bit out there. They're suggesting that men use what's called perpendicular sex positions, which means that you're actually stimulating the top side of the penis, not the underside of the penis. So you're effectively turning your penis into a sex toy to massage the clitoris. So instead of penetrating, right, you are pressing the shaft lengthways across the clitoral area and moving it up and down. So it's almost like a masturbatory tool for the woman. Once she gets close to orgasm, then you can penetrate and your orgasms will pretty much line up then. It's quite a wonderful idea. Wow. Well, that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
interesting, isn't it? And the other thing, which I was so anti, and because there was no evidence, but now they've developed them to the point where they really do work, is those sprays, delay sprays or delay creams or numbing creams, they used to be a load of rubbish. And actually, I have one in my range now, and I was like, I don't want to put those in my range because they just have no research. Well, they do, and they really do work for some men. For some men, they do nothing. For lots of men, they really do work. So I would absolutely give one of those a whirl if you haven't tried them already. But I would say, again, just to finish this off, please stop trying to live up to porn. Please don't forget that two to five minutes is the norm. There's nothing wrong with you if you're only lasting two to five minutes. And if you want to get Ian's book, he's got an ebook called The Good in Bed Guide to Premature Ejaculation. It's not expensive and it is very, very good if you want to go into some, you know, really in-depth wow. as to what you can do. Well, not only was that super interesting for men, but I think it's good for women to know so they're not holding up the guys they're with to these unrealistic standards too. Yes. I mean, right? I mean, this is totally fine. Women don't freak out. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> men do worry about it. It's a big thing for men. It can make men very unhappy. And oh. yeah, so so good. It's good that we're talking about. All right. One thing we don't have to worry about is women. That's that's one out of eight million things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Question two. I keep reading about toys and condoms getting lost inside people. Is this true? It makes me nervous. What do you do if this happens? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Honestly, I had such fun preparing this one for you. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I would love like to be a fly on the wall watching you prepare these questions, JC. That would like make me laugh. I am feeling to myself thinking, God, if he's going to, I mean, Ziffy, Ziffy's going to love this one. Wow. It's that condoms and toys can disappear inside both vaginas and rectums. But what I had fun discovering was I found out a list, a list of all the weird and wonderful things that are not designed to go inside the human body have ended up up there and the person's had to rush to casualty to get them out. Now I'm going to give you a little list here. A light bulb. Oh my gosh. I found that the freakiest thing of all. But that could so easily break. I know. And apparently there was this weird thing that was a trust thing. Among oh my gosh. People. I know. Really, really freaky. A potato. I don't <laughs> think about things like that, but there you go. A shower head. Some salad tongs, I suppose you can put that <laughs> Salad tongs. <laughs> Frozen hot dogs. <laughs> a glass Coke bottle, I suppose you can understand that. A can of hairspray and a remote control. 
A can of hairspray. That's impressive. Those are big. I know. Anyway, so if you do end up with a condom or a sex toy stuck inside, you end up in an emergency department. It's probably not going to raise any eyebrows because they've seen all the other stuff before you. Now, if you get something stuck up there, it is less problem if it's stuck up your vagina simply because it's got an end to it because the cervix kind of acts as a wall, can't get any further. But if you think something has disappeared, you can't just leave it there either because not only will it become incredibly uncomfortable, but you can get like discharge and get infection, you know, it can smell, there's all sorts of things that can happen. It's also very close to the bladder and you don't want anything to rupture your bladder. That is bad news. Now, if things go disappearing up your vagina, they're nearly always hiding above or behind the cervix. So if you lie flat, put your heels together and just let your legs fall open naturally. Sounding familiar, Ziffy? Like, Sounds like going to the OBGYN for exactly. a checkup, but yes, go ahead. Relax and breathe and just literally fish your fingers around. Try and find something that looks feels like the top of your nose and just sort of hook your fingers in behind it to find a nook and go above it and you will generally find what you're looking for in that little area. I don't even know what you're talking about at this point. What nook and nose are we finding in our... <laughs> There's perfect. There's a... <laughs> I'm like... What on earth? Where? What are we looking for? Buried treasure at this point? Fingers up your whatnot, and you're finding your cervix, which feels like a nose. It kind of, it feels like a very hard thing. I don't know if you ever felt. I feel like you would have found the bottle of hairspray by the time you reach that. I think you would have found that, but a little condom or a little bullet, most of the times they are. They're tampons, they're condoms, they're small little sex toys that have just gone, got sucked up and gone missing, like a little bullet vibe, which is about the size of a tampon. So you're looking for your, you're feeling inside for your cervix, right? Which feels quite hard and like a top of a nose. And that's what you're hooking behind to try and find. Got it? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let's (laughs) just hope we don't have to do that. your cervix to find out what it feels like. I'm sure that would be fascinating. If I get really <laughs> bored one day, I'll I'll just, you know, go hunting around for my cervix, you know. <laughs> the holiday. Now, another thing to do is that you can squat and bear down because squatting puts gravity in your favor and bearing down means you'll push the thing out. If you put a bit of lube up, it can help it slide out. So that's another thing that you can do. And once it's out of the vagina, that's generally it, unless you get a discharge or an infection or something feels not quite right. Because what can happen in that case is that maybe you've scratched the inside of the vagina wall, which is very delicate with your fingernails while you were having a good look around. Now, if you... <laughs> she's shaking her head. If I- <laughs> If you can't get it out, you've got to go to casualty, right? And the doctor might use probably use a speculum and some ring forceps to get it out. Or if you get on well with your doctor or your gynecologist, you could ring them up and say, hey, I'm in trouble here. A sexual health clinic will sometimes take mercy on you as well, right? I will never look at a salad tongue the same way again. <laughs> Every salad eating experience, I will be thinking of you and, and wondering. Oh, anyway, God. I know. That's so funny. Thank you for that list. That was the some comic relief. Now I'm not finished yet because the rectum oh, go ahead. Completely different story, right? Now, because the rectum doesn't have an end to it, and those sphincter muscles are mighty strong, and this is why anal sex toys have what's called a flared base. So they've got a little thing, almost looks like a round circle, round flat circle at the end. So they can't go any further. They literally can't get caught because what can happen is it sort of brings it right up into the large intestine. And it's like your sex toy's gone and packed a lunch and gone on an expedition and they're <laughs> going to come back. <laughs> now, if something happens and you can see 
the thing up there, right? And your muscles are relaxed and you think, you know what, I reckon I can get a good grip. You might want to give it a go. But often what happens is that as you're trying to pull it out, it gets pushed even more back in there. So I would say most of the time something gets stuck up the rectum, you're better off going, swallowing that embarrassment, thinking about what I've just said, it could be worse, and just taking yourself off to the emergency department. And if you get any fever, any abdominal pain or bleeding, you really need to go quite soon, okay? They will get it out using the speculum and the ring forceps, but if it's travelled up into your digestive tract, you might actually need to have surgery. And it happens. On the other hand, maybe you won't be hungry for a while. (laughs) Oh, my God. And to stop all this happening in the first place, right, don't use things that aren't designed to go inside. And can I just say, with sex toys, not sex toys are designed for a purpose. Like a, a wand vibrator is designed for external use. It is the size of a can of hairspray. You don't need to put that inside, right? Sex toys that go inside the vagina are not designed for to go up your bottom. So please just don't get things stuck. And another thing is use lots of lube because then they don't feel like they're stuck, right? They don't get stuck because it's all really dry. That's a nice thought to leave you with. Well, never know what you're going to say, Tracy. So keep me on my toes here. Okay, question three. A very good friend of mine who was married confessed recently that she's having an affair. It's put me in a very awkward situation because my husband and I often hang out with her and her husband. I don't approve, but don't know if it's my place to tell her that. I'm terrified to tell my husband, who I tell everything, in case he slips up or decides we have to tell her husband. He's aware I'm keeping a secret and that's not helping either. What's the right thing to do here? I get the impression it's more a sex affair than a love affair. Now, I know you all have an opinion. This is, a, this is a good one. Yeah. Do you want to go first or shall I go first? You go You go ahead. Okay. Well, I think what did it for me is the fact that you think it's a, well, the person thinks it's a sex affair because I think if it's a sex affair, it's probably going to burn itself out. So this could be, you know, a blip in what's, you know, otherwise a very happy marriage. But I have to say, in my opinion, and like, there is no correct answer on this. It's so subjective. I, even if it was a love affair, I wouldn't tell the husband because, You just don't know what goes on in relationships. And sometimes, you know, there might be a reason why she's doing it that she's not telling you. You don't know. You can't really look in. So I would would leave it as their business, not my business. But I think you can absolutely say that you don't approve. And I think that's what good friends are for. I mean, you don't need to be preachy about it. But I think you can say, you know, look, it's your life. You do what you like. But, you know, I don't want to hear about it. And I don't want to know any of the details because it makes me feel uncomfortable because I have a relationship with your husband. And I think it's fair enough to say that. And I think good friends are okay to say. And, you know, look, I'm sure it's your life and your decision. And I'm sure it's very exciting. But I just worry if it's going to be worth it if your husband finds out. And that's not saying, how dare you, and that's awful, and how you're immoral, and how dare you put me in this position. You're just saying, look, I don't want to hear the gory details. And in fact, if you tell your best friend you don't want to hear the gory details, half the time that's half the satisfaction of affair is like reliving it. It can take the shine off it with your disapproval, and she might question herself. Okay, so that's what I think about that. Oh, the thing absolutely not to do, and I've been put in this awful situation, is do not be a cover for her. Because, you know, don't ever, if she says, look, can I say I'm with you and really she's with him? Because if the husband finds out and finds out that you knew, if you can say, look, I did know, but I didn't think it was my place to tell you. And I told her I didn't want to know details and I don't know anything about it other than the fact she was just having an affair. 
that gets you off the hook with him. But I think if he knows that you were used as a cover, that makes, it's just awful all around. I think that's a horrible thing. In terms of your husband, if you trust him not to blab, I would tell him because it does harm relationships if you're holding back. And why harm your marriage to protect her affair? I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say, you have to tell your, I mean, I would probably, I would almost definitely tell my husband if, I mean, I feel bad. I mean, okay, friends, you don't have to confess your affairs to me if this bothers you, but I would have a hard time hearing something like that and not wanting to immediately tell my husband. Yeah, I would have to swear. But then again, I'm putting him in an awkward situation because it's his buddy, right? In this scenario. So but do you trust really, him? it's kind of unfair of the yeah. other friend to have told me to begin with, right? Yes, it does. Especially if you are a close foursome. If you're friends with her and you don't know the husband, I think it's a completely different scenario. Yes, exactly. But if you're all like best friends. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. And also, but what if you don't trust your husband to not go and tell? I was thinking about this and I was thinking, really, all you could do in that circumstance is say, you know, look, I, I know you can sense that I'm keeping something from you. Yes, you know, one of my best friends has told me something and she's sworn me to secrecy and I really don't feel like I can betray that. And I think what, what I might... Like, tell me, tell me, tell me, what is it? Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? I don't yeah. know. That's what I you might also really encourage the friend to not keep it a secret from her husband. Not that it's any of my business, but like if she's telling me and she's doing, I don't know, I might say, well, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't do that. I I was thinking I would say, you know, you should really just tell your husband, like just get it out, you know, because now all of us are keeping the secret. Like no. There's nothing more harmful to anyone than than secrets. I feel like that's the basis of every novel I have on my podcast. Every Everything is about like the corrosive power of of keeping secrets and what it does to you to keep one. Yes, but I have to say, if this is the first time she's ever cheated and it is a sex affair and it's just one-off mistake, I really wouldn't confess because people have a very, very hard time coming back from an affair. And if that's, you know, like, if it's a moment of madness and then she comes out the other side, I nearly everyone, if they're asked, would you like to know, say your husband did have an affair for two weeks or your wife, would you like to know? Nearly everybody says no. And it, it, can ruin everything that you've got. So if it's a love affair, yes. But if you think that you can finish the affair and your partner's never going to find out, I would probably say don't tell. Wow. I don't know. I'm interested what listeners have to say, what I have to say about this topic because it's very difficult. I'm not sure I even have a clear view myself. All I know is it's not going to keep secrets from your own husband. No. And I wouldn't like to know if my partner had an affair. Well, yeah, I'd like to know because then I could like get the hell out of there. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Otherwise your whole thing is the trust of your whole relationship is gone. I think what we talked about before Zibby, actually, what I mean, actually, I don't mean an affair. I would like to know about an affair. A one night stand is something that I could probably live without knowing. Well, I don't want to know it. it? I don't want it to have happened. No, of course. Like that's why I don't want to know it. Like it, I don't think people are saying they. I, I feel like they. Well, I don't know. I mean, I. I don't know. If you never found out, would it? Still, I, I think I've you had need one, to. One, some people very close to me, where she had an affair. He found out the marriage broke down, and he's been married a couple of times since. Happily married in the second time after her. And he said, I wish I'd never known. Why didn't she just shut up and not tell me? It didn't mean anything. All it did, I could never trust her again. He said, I just wish I'd never known because I really loved her and I reckon we would have been fine. Think about affairs though, is if you have one, 
and you get away with it and you think, right, okay, I'm just going to shut up. And the, because the sky doesn't fall in, you're like, oh, actually, hmm, that was easy. I got away with that. And people repeat. So there yeah. is that. There is that as well. I don't know. Like I said, you would get, we would get, you know, if people do use that um, thing on the website where they can leave comments, but you'll get loads of people going, how dare you suggest that you couldn't, shouldn't tell? And other people saying, you know what, I'd much rather know, not know. It, and it's very black and white. There's very few people who are in the gray bit with something like this. Huh. Well, good question. Very thought-provoking. Good question. So I hope that's helped. Yes. That has helped. Okay, so, sex tip of the week. Sex tip of the week. I'm, I'm probably always rattle on about this, but an orgasm is not the point of sex. And I think it is a happy byproduct of sex. And I think that this is where we get ourselves in trouble, particularly long-term, because if you're trying to get your partner to have an orgasm, over time, you know the buttons to press, they know your buttons, and you're basically just using each other to masturbate each other. That's not sex. It really isn't sex. And that's when you get into a rut because you do the same thing over and over again. So I don't think you should aim for orgasm. I think you should be aiming for pleasure and connection and intimacy. That is what makes sex good. There you go. So stop being so orgasm-focused. Everyone's very orgasm-focused. And we all shouldn't be. You know, if you're worried about just having an orgasm, have one beforehand. Masturbate on your own beforehand. Don't take that to the party with with your partner because it's not fair. There's lovely sunlight gleaming in. I see face. that. Yes, the sun has risen sun here as we've been here. talking. It's making me very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tracy, thank you for another very interesting, thought-provoking episode where I rethink every item in my <laughs> that might be able to go up, God knows where. <laughs> and now I'm questioning, you know, every friendship I have. But you know, anyway. No, I'll be questioning uh, you after this. I well, yeah. <laughs> No, they won't. I'm only joking. No affairs here right now. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Tracy. Have a great week. Have a great holiday. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.